Hey everybody, it's Red with the Why How Yes Sales Podcast. Um, this is a video of a webinar that I did on January 8th, 2020. Um, in order to put marketing systems in place for real estate agents, there's a ton of great content here. I think you'll really enjoy it, but this is going to be a special episode of the Why How Yes Sales Podcast. Hey everybody, it's Red with Jared James and Jarja Media. Um, so glad you were able to join me tonight. Um, thank you so much for attending the webinar. Um, I'm hoping to give you a lot of great information tonight. Uh, make sure that you're taking a lot of notes. Um, I just want to make sure that you guys can hear me. So just pop a note in there. Just give me a thumbs up. Just say you could hear me. Um, just wanted to make sure that that's the case. Um, I see that you guys are checking in. I'm seeing all sorts, Pittsburgh, Seattle, uh, Florida. Um, Mike, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Um, so again, thank you guys so much for being here. Um, I really appreciate it. So today what I'm really going to be going over, um, I'm going to be going over marketing and marketing strategy. Um, that's a very, very broad topic. Uh, in or order to start off, I kind of want to understand where the room is and where everybody kind of stands in terms of what they do for their marketing. So I just put a poll up over in the chat box. Um, just fill, click whatever applies for you. Just want to know how much you guys are currently spending on marketing. Um, this isn't going to be you need to buy everything kind of marketing um, webinar. I'm not going to be selling everything in the world to you guys. What my goal is for this is to give you some sweat equity ideas alongside of some check equity ideas. Um, it's not just something to something to throw money at overall. Um, but I really want to make sure we discuss everything um, that we un I understand where you guys are coming from and what kinds of things you're looking for, what kind of markets you guys are in. Um, and in order to do that, this gives me a good basis in terms of where everybody stands. Um, so just looking, um, as of right now, it's actually pretty interesting. So this morning we were having a lot more people spending $300 or less. Um, you guys are spending a bit more, which I'm happy to see that you guys are investing in to grow your business. Um, as of right now, um, the count where it stands, um, a little less than 30% of you guys are below uh, 300 or less. Um, some of you, about a third, are 2000 to $5,000 a month. Kudos. Uh, I'm really happy for you guys. That is probably where you want to be because in terms of things to invest time and money in, marketing is among the most uh, successful things you could do. Um you could get better at sales strategy. You could get better at closing and negotiations, or you could get better at a lot of that stuff. But usually it doesn't net a 5x return the way marketing does. Um, that's the beautiful thing when you're looking into advertising and marketing strategy and all of that. Each marketing dollar can pretty easily get you to a point where it's giving you 5x returns, 6x returns. Um, you just need to make sure you're getting to those levels. So before we really get into marketing, we kind of have to all agree on what the definition of marketing is. Um, it's a very, very broad topic. And a lot of the things I'm going to talk to uh, about, uh, talk to you about, 
is going to come from a number of different books that I've read, uh, a lot that I've worked with Anthony, who's our director of marketing, a lot that I've worked with Jared with. Um, but a good portion is going to come from a couple of books. Um, one of them that I highly recommend that I kind of copied a lot of materials from um, and don't he wound up copying a lot of materials from other and says it in the whole first chapter of it um, is Alan Dibb. Alan did wrote a book called the one page marketing plan. And in that he created that as a template in order for you to um, put a marketing plan in place and to actually implement on it. And it's a whole script, a whole blueprint to go from a customer not knowing you at all to a point where they've become a repeat customer and sent a handful of your referrals their way. Um, the whole goal is to create a raving fan customer. Now, before we really dive into what market into how to create a marketing plan, you really need to understand the scope of what marketing entails. Marketing is not just putting up ads on Facebook. Um, that's one part and one very small part of marketing. Um, there should be a lot of legwork that comes in before you do that. Um, so, uh, Yvonne, I just saw um, the book is the one page marketing plan. And it's by Alan Dibb, A-L-L-A-N Dibb, D-I-B. Um, in that, he has one of the most concise um, and easy to understand definitions of marketing that I've come across. So he says, imagine that you're, you run a circus. Um, with that, when you run the circus, if you paint a sign and it says circus coming to town on Saturday, that's advertising. If you put that sign on the back of an elephant, then that's promotion. If you then have that elephant walk through town and he winds up trampling the mayor's flower garden and the local news picks it up, that's now publicity. Um, if you get the mayor to laugh about it, now that's public relations. And if you get citizens to go to the circus, spend money at the booths and have fun, um, hand over money to you and deliver goods and services in exchange for money, that itself is sales. Now, all of this, as long as you've planned it out and actually put it into place and created that strategy, that's marketing. Marketing is any relation, um, any communication that you have between a company and a customer. Um, that's really the easiest way to go about it. Marketing can be a lot of different things, but that's what it boils down to. It's just communication between companies and a customer. Um, some do it very well, some do it very poorly. Um, we all know the companies that do it very well, the Nikes, the Apples, the McDonald's, all of those. But you need to make sure that you're not approaching sales the same way that they do. Um, there's a very different strategy in terms of what McDonald's does and what you guys are going to be doing as realtors or realtors, I should say. I, we've got a word with two R's in it. I'm from the Northeast. You can't expect me to pronounce it right. So what you guys are going to be doing isn't going to be so much brand awareness. What you're going to be doing is going to be more focused on customer acquisition in many cases. The reason that brands like McDonald's, like Nike, the reason why they run branding campaigns and 
like getting your name out there style campaigns is because people already know who they are. Everybody knows what a Big Mac tastes like already. Everybody has a t-shirt or a pair of sneakers with a Nike logo. So for them to spend money to acquire new customers, there aren't as many of them. Most of you guys have the opposite problem. You have not a lot of past customers, not a lot of people know your names, but you need to convert them into knowing your names and being a Stark Raving fan to the point where they're giving you repeat business and they're giving you referral business. So a lot of what I'm going to be talking about isn't just going to be branding. It's not just going to be get your name out there style posts. It's mainly going to come down to finding a customer, getting them to know you, getting them to like you, and then getting them to trust you. Um, and I put those in a very specific order. Um, there's a lot of times I've heard the phrase like, know, and trust. People don't like people they don't know. Um, you need to get them to know you first, then you move them to like, then you move them to trust. So I'm going to share a PDF with you. Um, I want you guys to download it. It's just a simple file and you can start to take a look. Um, let me know if you guys can see that. Um, so with this, and I'm going to show you what it looks like as well too, so that we can kind of look at it together. Yep, there we go. So here's what it looks like. Now, as you can see along the left-hand side, it's no like trust and nine squares that you can fill out. Um, the PDF you downloaded will be fillable that you can actually put them all in. Um, so Ryan, good, I'm glad that uh, you were able to get it. And Amber, thanks for saying that. So the way this webinar is going to go is I'm going to walk you through all of these, um, each of these different categories and tell you the way each one of them works, um, what you're going to look for when you're filling them out. When you do that, um, you, you'll have the plan and the strategy one by one by one by one, the steps to bring them from not knowing you exist to giving you referrals. Um, so a lot of this, again, it comes from uh, Alan Dibb's book. Um, I've rephrased, I changed it a little bit uh, based on our philosophies and based on what you need for real estate because this you're not running the same store as everybody else. You can't have something that just works for bakeries and consumer electronics. You need something specific to real estate. So I wanted to make sure that this hit those points for you. So let's start with the obvious first square. So we're going to go through the no phase, the K-N-O-W, not the N-O phase. So the very first thing you need when you start looking into marketing, um, and let me get rid of this slide presentation, download, and I'll, I'll leave that one up just so you guys have it for now. So the very first phase that you see in there in that marketing strategy and that marketing blueprint is the lead capture system. Now, I put that there very specifically. Um, in Alan Dibb's book, he has it down as number four. Um, I can't tell you how many times we've spoken to people who were looking into buying ads that didn't have a CRM in place. Now, if you do not have a way to capture leads, you should not be thinking about acquiring leads yet. 
that's like trying to buy a computer before you have electricity in your house. The computer is still an absolute great tool. You need to have a computer, but it doesn't work without electricity. Likewise, marketing doesn't work and lead generation doesn't work if you don't have something to power and convert those leads. So you need that electricity, that CRM, in order to start creating leads. Um, if you guys are interested, I'll put a link in at the end. You can schedule a consult with either myself or Ryan. Ryan's in the chat too. He'll hop in and answer some questions. Thanks, Ryan. Talk to you soon. Um, but you'll be able to see the CRM if that's what you're interested in. Um, all the scripts in it are written by Jared. The follow-up is absolutely like detailed to a degree I've never seen before. Um, an online buyer lead, for instance, has a 50 point, 50 different touches just in six months. So it's going to help you convert. But that is kind of the unsexy when it comes to marketing. The sexy is always the ads, the social media, the ad spend, the call to action, all of that. What I'm going to be talking about today isn't going to be the sexy parts. I'm going to be talking about the strategy. I'm going to be talking about the foundation, the drywall, as opposed to just the windows, the doors, and the dormers. Um, so I'm really looking forward to doing that. But none of it works unless you have a way to capture those leads. That is the very first thing you need when you come into business is a CRM or some kind of system in order to capture them. Um, I spoke to somebody today who was still using an Excel spreadsheet. You can use an Excel spreadsheet to capture leads and to convert them. It's not the smart way to do things though. Um, at that point, it's like riding a bike with a flat tire. Um, <laughs> so you need to make, you can do it. You can still convert leads with a flat, like without a CRM, but it's going to suck the entire time you do it. So make sure that you're, you have that CRM, you have those process in place before you start spending money on marketing. Now, prior to doing that, you need to figure out who your target market is. Now, one of the biggest mistakes I've seen agents make in their marketing is they aim way too broad. Um, I can't tell you how many ads and posts I've seen over the last couple of weeks where it's basically just a shot in the dark that agents are doing. They're just saying, if, you, if you're looking to buy or sell a home, reach out to me. What problem are you really solving? Um, you're not speaking to anyone specifically. You're just yelling into the darkness and hoping for an echo. So when you start coming up with your target market, um, the phrase that Alan uses in his, what you want is an inch wide and a mile deep. You want something that you can really mine for a long time. Rather than trying to fish an entire pond, you want to have that one corner where you put the Christmas tree a year ago. Um, I know Ryan appreciates that um, because that you know is where the fish are. If you have that spot and you fish it over and over and over again, it's much more effective than blindly throwing your line anywhere in the pond. So you need to find that spot that you can occupy that nobody else is really digging in. So I'm going to give you a formula that you can use in order to start creating the market and decide on the target market that you want. So that market, the, the acronym I want you to use is E-N-P-S, 
E-N-P-S. And that stands for enjoyment, niche, profitability, and speed. Enjoyment, niche, profitability, and speed. Now, if you write a 1 to 10 score next to all of those, that's a total score of 40. Now, each customer that you try to work with, um, start putting down how high they rank on each one. If you'll have customers who rank very high in enjoyment and may not rank very high in profitability and speed. Um, for instance, first-time home buyers. You may like working with first-time home buyers, but they tend to buy smaller entry-level homes, so they're not quite as profitable, and they may not be able to convert very quickly if they have credit issues, um, and they tend to be slower to make a decision because they're expecting this dream house. Likewise, um, you can have somebody like a for sale by owner. Those might not be very enjoyable for you because for sale by owners can be a little, um, diplomatically put, stubborn, um, can be a little bit difficult to work. Same kind of thing with expireds. But the profitability, because they're a higher dollar point than first-time home buyers, and the speed at which you can acquire those customers may outrank the enjoyment. So when you start looking at those things on a 1 to 10 basis and you see the way that they're weighted, you can get an idea of what market you want to attack. Now, for the purposes of this, um, you can have multiple strategies, but you need to have a specific strategy for each kind of customer you go after. And I recommend if you're a successful agent, you have no more than three or four lines in the water. Um, whether it's an open house buyer customer, whether it's a for sale by owner and expired, um, whether it's rentals on first time home buyers. Um, I mean, you can go through the whole gambit of how you want to find these leads, build that trust with the lead, and get them to move forward. But you need to know for each kind of prospect that you find, you need to understand where that is. Um, the ENPS, Enjoyment Niche Profitability and Speed, that's really going to work to narrow down who you're going to want to go after. That's really the big thing that this is for. If you have any more then two or three, you're probably not going to be able to implement these tools very well. Um, you're better off focusing like a laser on that one niche that is underserved by the rest of your community, as opposed to trying to be everything to everybody. Um, Kelly Weber, who is one of our coaches, she works um, extremely well at targeting seniors. Um, I was trying to think of a way to rephrase that and I couldn't think of it in time. I made her sound like she's following them in dark alleys, um, but she targets seniors for her marketing. And she's been able to become the expert in her field by doing that, by having those certifications, the SRES certification, um, by partnering with retirement homes and um, retirement, like in, uh, investors, uh, not investors, um, um, financial advisors. That's what I was looking for. Um, by doing all of those things, she has carved this niche out that nobody else is particularly serving. Now, I've also spoken with somebody a couple of days ago who enjoys working with renters and first-time homebuyers. That's perfectly fine. 
if there is a nit if that niche isn't being serviced by anybody else in the area that is a great list to go after in fact going after renters the one of the great things by doing that is that you can start getting referrals from other real estate agents in the area because most real estate agents don't want to. And most real estate agents tend to be short-sighted because they just see this as a renter, it's not worth my time. Now realizing that you're getting paid to get a lead. That's what you're really doing when you're working with renters is you are getting paid in order to get somebody who will probably buy a house within the next two to three years. You. Now you have them in your database. Now you can market to them. Now you can move them along uh, that funnel that in order to get them to be somebody who's buys two or three or four houses with you. Um, that's how you think long term. Again, find your target market. Who do you enjoy working with? Um, what niche isn't being served? Who's very profitable for you? And who can you convert very fast? Um, again, if you want to target renters, like I said, they may be very high enjoyment because you may enjoy that process of house hunting. Um, that's a niche that's not very highly served. The profitability is low, but the speed you, that not having that 60 days to close may be worthwhile for you. So think about those things when you're creating your target market. Now, when you finally create that market and who you want to go after, start creating a profile, um, create an avatar. Um, if your target, and I'll show you this more at the end uh, when I show you a filled out version of the marketing database, but think about who your target market is, what their preferences are, any I, what their hobbies are, where they're spending their time. If you are targeting vacation properties, you need to know that. What are they coming here to vacation for? If you're in a skiing community, you need to make sure you can talk to them as a skier or a snowboarder. If they're a surfer, same thing. Um, if they're coming there to golf, if you're nearby Pebble Beach, for instance, um, make sure you're talking the language that they want to hear. Um, if you're targeting a golf community and you're targeting people who you want to move into a condo outside of a country club, Throw in some golf terminology. This condo won't be your handicap, but make sure that you understand the language of the customer that you're trying to target. That's the biggest thing that you're trying to realize in block two is who your target demographic is and how they're going to want to be spoken to. So now to move on to block three, which is the message to my market. Now, in block two, you decided who you're going to target, which is absolutely great. More, number three, the third block, the last one in the no, the K-N-O-W, your message to your market has to relate to a specific pain point that that customer is having. Again, if you're going after seniors, that pain point may be empty nesting and wanting to downsize, um, worried about retirement income. Um, there's all of these different things that you could speak to. Likewise, if you're speaking to brand new first time home buyers, their language is considerably different. Their language now is much more tech savvy about having a shorter commute, about being in the workforce, about education if they're that young and they're looking to be a renter in a college town, for instance but make sure that you're speaking to that person 
to the exact pain points that they have. Um, you also want to make sure that you're positioning yourself and that the message doesn't come across the wrong way and doesn't make you appear as if you're begging for business. Um, back in 2007, there was a violin player by the name of Joshua Bell. Now, Joshua Bell is one of the finest violin players in the country, if not the world. Um, he sells out theaters um, and is able to charge a couple of hundred dollars per seat. He plays a Stradivarius violin that's probably worth three to five million dollars, depending on what the current assessment is, um, but mid seven figures. He is one of the best at what he does. And in 2007, he partnered with the Washington Post for an experiment. And they paid him to play his music, his classical music, in a subway in Washington, D.C. Now, he made somebody who generally makes $100 per seat to listen to him or more, he made a grand total of about 35 bucks because he was a beggar. That's why. No matter how good you are, no matter how excellent your message is, and no matter how great your service is, if you go around begging for people to work with you, it's not going to work well. Those are the people that you get who are constantly arguing about commissions with you. You need to make sure that you're positioning yourself as the expert, as the best in your field, even if you don't feel that way some days. We've all had those days. But you need to make sure that you're approaching these things and talking to them from a position of abundance, not from a position of scarcity. Um, I'll go more into detail on a way that you can do that and set yourself apart in a couple of blocks down. But you need to make sure that the message that you are having to those customers makes you look like the expert and that you have plenty of people by servicing customers just like them. Again, don't appeal to everybody. Your job is to simply appeal to that target customer. Um, in the book, um, the Alan Dibb book, he brings up the reference of a photographer uh, of photography business. Now, let's assume that you're getting ready for a wedding. You're going to look for a wedding photographer. You're not going to look for a photographer who does weddings, who does newborn babies, who does um, commercial photography, who does family po portraits. Regardless of the technical skills being applied, no matter what they're photo photographing, um, you're going to look for somebody who specializes in wedding photography and working in natural light and photographing the bride and glamour shots and all of those things because you have a very specific need. Your message has to appeal to a very specific need. Now, as small business owners, what we tend to see more often than not is people watering down their message so that it's palatable for everybody. Now, when you water down the message and you try to make it appeal to everybody, it winds up appealing to nobody. You need to make sure that you focus that message, you focus that ad, you focus that email, you focus that video on whatever problem that person has. That is the thing that you need to know about messaging is it has to speak to that person, that particular client at that particular time going through that particular problem. So that's the big thing to know about messaging. Now, 
if you've done these things, the customer likely knows you at this point. Um, you've got them in the database, so you have a method of communication back and forth. You can get a hold of them if you want to, and they can get a hold of you. You understand what their needs are because you've created that target market. And now you've also understood and created a message to speak directly to them. Now the next job is getting them to start to like you um, because you haven't really built the relationship yet. So now, how do you get people to like you? Well, quite frankly, you need to learn to speak their language. Um, that's the very first thing you need to know when you need to get somebody to like you is to speak their language. Now, a lot of people have kind of you started to use social media um, as this cure-all. Now, social media is absolutely one of the best things that have happened to sales in the last 20 years. It's revolutionize the way that you can stay in front of customers, the way you can provide value to them, the way you can be in front of them, but it's not a cure-all. Um, and there are some flaws occasionally, like what happened last August when Facebook basically changed all the rules on everybody. So the idea is you need to understand what media you need in order to speak and get past your message along. Um, let me just grab a quick sip. So the media can change depending on who you're speaking to. If you're targeting first-time home buyers and renters, odds are you're probably not going to do much with snail mail. Snail mail has its place, but it's not as effective as it used to be. Um, you're not going to target ads in the grocery store on the grocery cart. That's not as effective. Or postcards. Um, I can't even tell you, point blank being honest, I can't tell you other than a debit card that I got as a replacement, I can't tell you the last letter that I opened. Um, I usually see like, okay, that's a bill I need to pay, go and log online, but I don't even open the mail. So in order to talk to me, you'd be more, you'd have a much better time speaking through social media as opposed to snail mail. Now, if you were, your target demographic is seniors, it might be the opposite. You may not want to be investing in an Instagram or a YouTube as much and targeting more on mail. But the idea is not to communicate the way you want to communicate, but to instead communicate the way they want to be spoken to. Um, whether it be snail mail, phone, text, um, social media, email, regardless of the way they want to be spoken to, you need to understand what your target market most likely enjoys the most. Now, are there younger people who hate social media? Absolutely. Are there older people who love it? Absolutely. Um, I'm going by stereotypes here because sometimes that's the best thing to do. And as you learn your demographic more, you'll be able to change it. Um, likewise, if you're working with seniors, they may love Facebook and not like Instagram or vice versa. But find the media that your target demographic likes the most. I also want to make sure that you do not underestimate email marketing. Um, I've heard a lot of people talk in recent years, oh, email marketing is dead. It goes to spam filters. Nobody reads it. It doesn't get open. The open rates are horrible. That's not the case. If you want me to prove that, it's pretty simple. Virtually everybody in this um, webinar, as of right now, um, and feel free to put your hands up or say I, if you came here because the email that Jared sent over the weekend. 
most people did. Um, probably 70 to 80% of the people in this webinar came here because we built a database and we were able to send it out to everybody. Um, do not underestimate email marketing. Um, so Amber, I, I'm assuming obviously you've come in because of the email that Jared sent and a lot of you guys, other guys, it's the same way. Do not underestimate it. Do not say that it doesn't work because it absolutely does. Focus on email marketing and if it stops, if you stop seeing the return, change what you're saying, change the language you're using. Don't be so uptight and professional. Be more relatable. Speak the way you speak to your friends and your neighbors. Um, the podcast that I did that just got released today, I was talking about not being overly professional and dressing like a politician slash mortician. Make sure that you're speaking to people the way they want to be spoken to in a personable language. Um, I've spoken with a lot of you guys um, on video calls. You're all friendly. You're all personable. You're all really easy to talk to. But you may not be coming across that way with your marketing. Um, so I want to make sure that you're focusing on those things over and over again and talking the right way when you're doing your messaging, uh, when you're doing your media. Don't talk about synergies and all net returns and ROIs. Unless you're targeting bank investors, that's not going to appeal to Joe Smith and, you know, the people on Main Street. People make emotional decisions in sales. Speak to those emotions. Eventually, if you speak to those emotions, they'll find the rational in order to justify them. So do that um, and you'll have much more success. Now, once you've figured out what media you're going to use in order to talk to your uh, target market, the next job is to start educating them and providing value. Um, and I'm going to show you guys this. Um, for those of you guys who don't know, um, there's a phenomenon they call the Dunning-Kruger effect. So the Dunning-Kruger effect, just to overly simplify it, is sometimes the more ignorant somebody is about a topic, the more they talk about it and the more they believe that they know everything they need to know. Um, quite frankly, many of you guys see this with for sale by owners. They think that your job is so super easy that they can do it themselves. Um, they see enough of the picture when it comes to real estate that they believe they know everything about it. So what Dunning-Kruger does is it explains how the less somebody knows, the more they're willing to talk and to say that they know. Um, until they realize the entire breadth, so to speak, of the topic. Um, in, I've been working on cars, and I'm going to use that as the reference point. Since I've been about 14 years old, I've been working on cars. I'm pretty good at it right now. Um, I'm willing to say that I'm probably, and not to be like, I probably know more than most people. Um, I've taken, and when I say that, I mean that as I've taken out a transmission this summer. Um, I've rebuilt engines. I've done suspension work. I've done body work. I've done a lot of it. But if you asked me when I was 16, I would have thought I know just as much as I really do now because 
I was overly confident and arrogant at that point. I didn't know as much as I know now after 15, 16, 17 years of working on cars. Now I understand how far I am away from being an expert the way a full-time mechanic is. Now the same thing happens and is kind of works against you guys as real estate agents. There's plenty of people out there who think they know what your job is. They think all it is is you upload it to the MLS, you find somebody who's interested and you're done. Your job when you're educating people and providing value is to help explain how big the picture is, how much is involved when you're doing things, um, when you're searching for the right photos. Um, I've seen many of you guys that are in our Facebook coaching group. We've all laughed at those pictures that come up with the bad, like the bad photos where the dogs are humping in the background or that, um, I remember seeing a faucet, a, a kitchen sink, where there was a plug in there. And like many of you guys thought, and because I knew I thought, yeah, maybe that should be a GCI plug, a GFCI plug. You guys understand what's involved and how much goes into buying and selling a house. You guys know that there's probably six hours of paperwork in order to sell a house the right way. So... Don't assume that they know that your target audience knows how much you do. Um, take the time. Let me just pop out of here. Um, take the time to educate them in what, how and why you're an expert in what you do. Um, don't let Dunning-Kruger work against you because everybody oversimplifies another person's job. Um, that's why you have so many people who are willing to yell at retail, uh, like retail workers and say, do you know what you're doing? Well, I know I couldn't work many of those POS systems. I'd be completely confused. So I'm not going to yell at them for not knowing their job when I couldn't do the same thing. When you go to educate people, understand that they don't understand what you do. 90% of drivers think they are an above average driver. 90% of drivers think they are a above average driver. That is a mathematical impossibility. Understands that some people and most people don't understand everything that's involved. So your job here is to educate, to teach them and to provide those values over and over and over again and let them know that you are the expert. Um, when you do sales for a long period of time, you can tend to fall into one of two different roles. You can either be the hunter who goes out into the woods, hopes he finds a kill and hopes he comes back and his family eats that night. Or what's much more effective is being the farmer, somebody who plants those seeds, waters them and knows what the crop is going to be months before the crop comes in. What you need to do now is start gearing yourself rather than I hope a lead comes in and I hope that lead wants to buy gear yourself towards being a farmer. It doesn't matter whether that lead wants to buy or not. I know they're going to want to within the next year or so. And if I keep watering it and I keep that plant alive, eventually it will produce fruit. So focus on being a farmer and not a hunter. Um, 
when you look at customers, only about so in real estate, on average, people a family will move every five to seven years. So let's break it down. So if they move every five years, let's take it a very short time uh, period that it's a very fast turnover. That's once every 60 months that they move. So they're only ready to move every one, like only 1.4% of the market at any given time or 1.6% of the market is ready to move at any given time. For you to just keep taking shots at that 1% of the market that's ready to move right now is nuts. You're better off building a database and marketing to them over and over and over again so that eventually they're ready to so that when they are ready to buy you're the person that they come to um focus on those percentages and long term um they will wind up coming to you so that's a lot of the education stuff make sure you're providing value make sure it's not just call to action post i usually recommend a three to one or four to one ratio when it comes to providing value offer more information then you do call to action. Um, that's what's going to work much better. However, you are going to need to offer call to action posts. Um, that is the inevitable that you're going to have to do. Um, so what do you do when you need to finally convert them? What do you need? Now, when you convert somebody, what you're really doing is bringing them to somebody from somebody who likes you into somebody who officially trusts you. That's the biggest obstacle you have between people who haven't bought from you and people who will is that trust barrier. So what you need to do when you're focusing your call to action is to make things as absolutely risk free as possible. Now, in the previous segments that I've talked about, you understand who your target demographic is. You understand what their um, problems are. You understand what headaches they're having and how you're going to speak to them and help them. Now it's your job to prove that you can alleviate those problems. So we've all had people and we've seen people who've talked and done their listing presentations. In fact, many of the agents I speak to do say pretty much the same things when they do their listing presentations. They'll say, you know what, I'm honest, I'm trustworthy, I provide great service, um, you can always catch me by phone. Every agent is saying those same things. Um, the problem with saying that I'm very trustworthy is like saying I'm very funny. When you have to say that out loud, you probably aren't. If I have to say, you know what, I'm a really honest guy, it's because I've been caught in too many lies and now no one believes me without me saying it out loud. Honest people don't need to say they're honest. Trustworthy people don't need to say they're trustworthy. Prove with actions and prove with written guarantees that you are the things you say. If you want to prove that you are always available by phone, put a promise behind it. Say something as simple as, if you reach out with, I put a written guarantee in place. If you reach out to me with a question, I promise that I will get back to you within 12 hours. If I ever don't, I promise that when you do buy a house, I will offer a free, I will buy the pizza and beer for everybody who helps you move in. Are you really offering anything that you wouldn't offer anyway? 
No, not if you're a Jared student and you're using the pizza order form that many of you are. But it puts in writing the guarantee that you're going to follow up with. You could also say that same guarantee, um, provided that these are all legal, talk to your broker, make sure that you can do something like this in your state. But you could put a written guarantee. If I do not get back to you within 12 hours with, when you have a question, I offer you a $200 cash voucher or $200 Amazon gift card or whatever it is. Again, as long as that's legal in your brokerage in your state, that cashback guarantee says more than anything else that anybody else puts out there. That guarantee that I will get back to you within 12 hours, no matter what, or it's cash in your pocket, is an idea that I've never seen other people do in real estate. Now, are you always going to get back with them to them within 12 hours? Absolutely. But now it shows that you're willing to put your money where your mouth is on it. Um, it's not just you saying, I'm always available by phone. No, that's not. You need to put some action. You need to put some consequences behind it so that they know that you're serious about those things. Don't be afraid to put those things in writing um, and actually work them in. And when... Yeah, the biggest reason that people don't trust you is people are more risk adverse than ever. Um, even if you go like I remember this summer going out for ice cream and seeing people with those little like quarter teaspoon ice cream tests. People are not willing to spend three dollars on an ice cream cone without tasting the flavor first. That's how risk adverse people are. Make sure that you are taking away as much risk as possible when you go to convert them. Put these things in writing and say that you're doing that. Also, when it comes to trust, don't be afraid to use social proof. Use things like customer testimonials because that takes away a lot of the risk. Use videos. Use Zillow reviews. Use uh, Google My Business reviews. Get those whenever humanly possible. Don't just wait for a time to close. Um, if When people actually close their house, they usually have way too much going on and don't care about writing a review for you. Instead, ask them at different points during the sale. Ask for a review after you do a listing presentation, even if they don't sign with you. Have them say, hey, you know what? Red was really great. He was super professional when he came to my home. He spoke to me like a human being. He really understand, understood my concerns. We wound up going with a family member instead. But if that wasn't the case, he absolutely would have been my very first choice. That's a client testimonial that costs you nothing that you get almost as a consolation prize that can earn you more business down the line. Get rid of as much barriers that you have between them and trust as you can. Um, that's the biggest secret to uh, converting leads and getting them to officially trust you is to get rid of the risk involved in working with you. Um, focus on those and it'll all come forward. So now you've gotten the people to trust you. You've gotten them um, to like you um, and they know who you are. Now it's up 
up to you to start building that trust and get them to a point where they not only trust you with their own money and their own decisions, they start trusting you with their family's decisions. So how do you go about doing that? And how do you start implementing systems in order to make that happen? So that is box seven down at the bottom left-hand corner of the PDF. How do you deliver a world-class experience? Now, for many of you, you guys know, I know after speaking with a lot of you guys, many of you are coffee addicts. I am one myself. And when you think about like how much people spend on coffee, it can get laughable, especially when you realize 7-Eleven still gives you a good cup of coffee. Yet many of you are willing to spend 400, 500% more in order to go to Starbucks and get a Vente half-calf, cappuccino, frappuccino, al pacino, whatever. Why are you willing to spend four or five times more for a commodity that you could have paid a dollar for at 7-Eleven or the gas station? The truth is because Starbucks runs a really great um, organization and provides a level of service and an experience that you don't get anywhere else, that you don't get at the Starbucks or the gas station. When you go to a 7-Eleven, you pretty much get your coffee and you get out. In Starbucks, they welcome you to stay there. Um, they let you have Wi-Fi. They let you have comfortable chairs, places to work. And that level of welcomeness costs them minimal. It doesn't really cost them all that much um, when you think about it long term. Really, comfortable chairs, um, a little bit of floor space, and a Wi-Fi router. And you're willing to pay four times as much as opposed to that cup of coffee. They also do things like put a little design in the foam of your latte. That may cost a couple of extra minutes of training a barista, but it doesn't really cost the business much more. But that heart-shaped logo on your cup of coffee in that foam you, you'd probably pay an extra 50 cents for that extra level of attention to detail. That is pure profit to the business. So by providing that experience to customers, you're willing to pay more. Now, for many of you guys, um, I've heard many times people say, well, I have blank coming in and they're really offering low commissions and I don't know how to compete with that. The way you compete is by offering a service that they cannot replicate at that price point. Do things like the guarantee that I mentioned. The guarantee, realistically, it costs you nothing because you're always going to get a hold, get back a hold of them within 12 hours of that email or that call. But it makes that service that much more. You can also do things like what I was talking about before, the pizza order form that Jared has on the virtual coaching dashboard. Um, if you use that over and over again and you introduce yourself to the family and provide the food and the beer for move-in day, that's going to be a big difference from every other agent who takes that just sold photo for Facebook and then scurries off into oblivion. Make sure that you're staying involved with your people over and over and over again uh, throughout the years and providing that experience the entire time. And they'll love you for it. Um, offer things like housewarming gifts. 
that they're going to see and know it's from you. Um, I know Paco, who's one of our coaches, he does custom made cutting boards. Um, then gorgeous cutting boards. He works with a woodworker who's an expert in them. Um, he has his own brand that he heats up and scorches his logo into them. Um, the things up because that's how you'll be remembered and remembered fondly every time that they see that. Um, those are things that are very, very inexpensive compared to the overall deal that many of you guys are doing and can set yourself apart from every other agent out there. Um, you can also do client events. Client events may cost you, depending on how many clients you have and what you decide to do, may cost you thousands, fifteen hundred bucks, but they will those events will set you apart from so many other agents. And it brings across that idea of abundance as opposed to the idea of scarcity that I mentioned before. Because you're so happy to be working with people that you take all your clients out bowling or out to the movies or you give out pies on Thanksgiving and Christmas. Whatever it happens to be, that client appreciation event provides a very high level of service and sets you apart from everybody else in the market don't overlook them. Don't cheap out on them. Um, these are things that will get people to remember you and to keep coming back. So the next area is how do you get repeat customers? Now, I, I believe the statistic, depending on what you read, um, when you the NAR quick stat, I believe, is 74%. 74% at time of close say that they like their that they will work with their agent again and recommend him to somebody else 74% in reality the number is less than 10 um so where's that gap where's that 65% difference for people who said hey I like my agent I want to work with him again I'd send my family to him and then there's that 65% gap that don't end up following through well, that gap happens because, to put it on you guys, you lose touch. You've stopped doing the things that got the relationship where it was to begin with. Now, my wife loves me, or so I'm told. She, if I stop talking to her and I spend a day where I ignore her completely, she's going to be pretty upset. I spend two days and give her the silent treatment. She's going to be very upset. Within a week, we'll probably be divorced if I don't talk to her and say something nice about her. And that's the strongest relationship that I have. Now, this is a red, relatively tenuous relationship that you have with this customer. And yet you think you can go five years without talking to them and they'll come back and talk with you. The only way to generate repeat business is by uh, treating them like some like a sale the entire time. Always treat them the way you treat a prospect. Um, you can't just have this honeymoon and divorce period every time you have a customer. You need to woo them every day. Um, and if not every day, every month. So a great way to do that is, like I mentioned before, email marketing. By using email marketing and newsletters and sending out calendars and bulk email and all of that stuff, by doing that, you get to stay top of mind and get them to keep that relationship, if not hot, then at least warm. 
Um, that's the entire idea between creating uh, repeat customers. It's just a matter of keeping the plants watered, keeping that apple tree watered so that it continues to produce fruit every time you need it to. That's all you need to know. That's the simplest way I could explain repeat customers is it's all it is. It's just keeping the plants alive so that the fruit comes up year after year. Now, the final level is where they are officially a raving fan of yours. They love you and they can't say enough good things about you, but you need to organize a platform where they can actually say those things, where they can actually tell their friends and their families in order to get them to build that trust. So I've mentioned the pizza order form a couple of times, and that's because it works. And we have a lot of agents who are doing very well with it. The pizza order form is a great way to organize a event, so to speak, that can generate referrals for you. Um, that event is simply moving boxes and bringing in. But by being there and bringing the pizzas, you are able to position yourself with the people they are closest to. So when you think of who helps you move, it's usually some of your best friends, the people who trust your judgment and the people who like you. By doing that and by positioning yourself in that room with them, the, your recent customers and their friends, that is a great time to start asking for referrals. You're able to actually have that handoff and talk to their college roommate and find out that they're going to be looking for a house in the spring after they're getting married. Don't neglect these kinds of things. Also, make sure you ask for things like referrals like and um, testimonials, like I mentioned before. Ask for those because those can start generating referrals too. If they post on their Facebook page, hey, I had a great time working with Red. He was absolutely spot on with the questions. I was a little nervous at first, but everything got blown over pretty much immediately. He made sure to alleviate all my concerns, yada, 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 yada. I highly recommend working with him. They put that out to their Facebook group of 250 people or to their Instagram followers. And now your name is out there and it costs you nothing other than a four minute phone call in order to ask. You can absolutely spend money and you should absolutely spend money when you need to. Um, Facebook marketing is one of the best things you can do right now in terms of return on investment. But don't overlook some of the sweat equity things that you can do. Also, when it comes to referrals, think about the markets they're in and how they can help you down the line. Um, and make sure you're focused on the people who have your customers before and after you. Um, if your goal is to get first time home buyers, then you probably want to position yourself very closely to somebody who sells rental insurance. It makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? If you want to work with senior, seniors, you want to position yourself very closely to financial advisors or retirement counselors or retirement homes. Find out who you work with very closely uh, and who is going to have the customers before or after you. You'll also probably want to work very closely with contractors because most people, when they go to sell their house, will do some work on them. 
most people when they're getting ready to buy a house too. Um, they may be looking at things like credit services. Make sure you have referral partners in those areas. Um, I highly recommend you watching Jared's video, The Core 100. Um, that's absolutely invaluable. It's a way that you can build a referral base um, if you haven't built people up to the point where they're creating referrals for you. It's a way you could start creating referrals on day one um, before you need to start bringing people through the pipeline and through the funnel. So the next thing I'm going to do is I'm going to start walking you through what this can look like and what a filled out version is. So you've gotten people to know you, like you, trust you. Um, so I want to make sure you guys can see what it looks like what the filled out PowerPoint looks like. Yeah, perfect. Boom. All right. So I broke these down um, on the webinar this afternoon. Some people were having a tough time reading these. Um, let me make sure that you guys can read this. Just put a quick note. Um, as long as you guys can read it and the font is legible, you may want to refresh the page if you can't. Um, sometimes it might be blurry. Um, I know I'm on about a 20 second delay. So, um, okay, Julian, thanks. So, what I'm going to do is walk you through a filled out um, one page marketing strategy. Um, so that you can see the way it would work for each kind of customer that you're going after. So in these cases, I'm going to be targeting first time home buyers, as you can see in my target market. Now, if you want help with developing a marketing strategy like this, um, we have a lot of different tools that you can reach out and look at. I'll put a link up um, now, just in case you want to schedule something. So if you want more details or you want somebody to help walk you through this, um, you could click the link that I just put up. And from there, you can schedule a time where we can sit down, go over what you're looking for, and I can walk you through what this process will look like. Um, we can walk you through creating Facebook ads that are focused specifically on your market. We can help create those targeted ads, those call to action ads um, that you want, or create the database, help create the database for you, and then help you target it down the line with things like newsletters and blogs that you can share um, so that you can build things over time. But the way those are most effective is if you know what you want to target first and you do things um, like evaluate the END, the <coughs> so, um, which was it? The going through my notes because I'm trying to remember the acronym. Um, the E-N, the E-N-V-S. So the enjoyment, the niche, the profitability, the speed. Um, know what demographic, what target market you want to go over. The E-N-P-S. So this one I put together, um, I spoke to somebody earlier this week who wants to work specifically with and she enjoys working with renters and first-time home buyers. Um, many of you guys tend to, I'll say poo-poo on the idea of working with renters. Now, again, I, I may have said it before, or it may have been my earlier uh, web, like webinar. First, renters are absolutely phenomenal to work with because it's a lead 
to buy a home that just may be a year out from doing something. And it's a lead that you get paid for as opposed to a lead that like you have to pay for. Um, rather than spending money on Zillow, you could simply build a network, a referral network of other real estate agents, have them pass the rentals that they don't feel they feel like they're too good for to you. Then you put them in your database, you market to them, and you convert them into multi-time buyers. So here's the way I'm going to be walking through um, everything. So, so first, the lead capture system, the Jarja CRM. Again, nothing works if you don't have a CRM in place. There is no reason to pay or work to create leads if you don't have a way to service and convert them. Make sure you're doing these things and that you have this in place. The next, your target market. Now, again, if I'm working with renters and first-time home buyers, I'm going to create a profile for those people. So first-time home buyers, they're usually younger people. I created a mental avatar for a person by the name of Pat Young. Um, they're making twenty-five dollars to $50,000 a year salary. Um, they're very tech savvy. They spend a lot of time on social media. Um, they've had some recent college, whether they're still in college or they recently graduated. And they're generally 18 to 35 years old, right in that millennial-ish market. Um, you go more in detail if you want to. They enjoy video games and they like bars and they like whatever. The more detailed that picture, that internal picture of that target market is, the better you are marketing to them. Now, if you're targeting people 25 to 35, having a marketing strategy and a message to market with 90s references is a good idea because you're speaking the language that they know. When you're creating the message, you not only make, have to make sure that you're talking about their problems, you need to make sure that they're, you're talking their language as well, too. So your first home is too complicated to do by yourself. Nice, simple language. It's not overly flowery. It's not overly technical. It's something super easy to understand and direct to the point. That's generally how millennials like to uh, communicate. You can use things like memes in order to communicate with them. But understand the language they speak is usually drastically different than the language that 50-year-olds do. But that message has to align in both directions. So I'm going to jump to the next phase. Oh, oh. there we go. So now the like section. So the first section, the first three, we get them, we get the dialogue started. Now it's up to getting them to like us um, right before we get them to finally trust and make that leap of faith. So what media are we going to use? So if I'm targeting first time home buyers, I'm generally using a lot of internet marketing. So I'm using a lot of video. I'm using Facebook email marketing. I'm probably developing a podcast to make sure I speak to them directly. Um, I'm creating a lot of Instagram posts. And when I do send mail, I'm sending bulk email. Now, when I talk about bulk email, I mean it as an aspect of there's some heft to it. Um, you notice if you grab get something in the mail and you feel some kind of texture that doesn't feel like paper, that's usually the one you do first. Just sending an envelope with a letter and a business card 
does not usually get the job done. Um, the payday candy bar campaign that Jared sends, that's an, um, an instance of bulk email where they send the payday candy bar and say to that expired listing, hey, I want to be part of your next payday. Is it cheesy? Yes, but we're trying to set ourselves apart in a positive way. And that's the way that we've, we do it. And we've seen a lot of success. Um, in fact, I posted something a few months ago by a um, student we have out in California, uh, out in Nevada, uh, JC, um, and their like success he's had with that mailing. Don't underestimate something can't be working very well. Educating leads, if I'm talking to people who are renting right now and they're providing uh, and they're living in a small space, I speak to that. One of the problems renters have is living in a small space, generally speaking. So I may be sending Pinterest articles or Pinterest I, pins, I should say, um, about hacks they can use when you have a small kitchen. Or I may send... Um, starter like i may send ideas of how to maximize your entertainment area or how to have here's a love seat that a lot of my customers have been really liking that turns from a love seat into an ottoman into a coffee table into a french poodle whatever it happens to be um but i'm going to speak to the problems that they are specifically having which again in this case is probably a lack of space. I'm also going to show them um, there's a lot of MLS, there's a lot of starter homes on the MLS, and they can work very easy. They could work very well for you. I'll also do things along the lines of, say, a rental webinar or a seminar to speak with them about what they need to know, or a first-time homebuyer seminar. I'll speak to them um, all about these things that they may not know a lot about. Um, I'll talk about the spe uh, special loans. Um, I forget. I think it's the CHAFA loan. I can't remember all the letters and acronyms, but the CHAFA loan that they can get. Or if there's any specific, uh, specific um, programs out there for recent veterans, um, I'll talk about those things that they can take advantage of. Because I know a lot of people... Um, me being 33, I know a lot of people who are former vets or current vets, I should say. Um, and I know that that's a marketplace that doesn't get serviced well enough in many cases. So there's a lot of education you could provide. When it comes to converting the leads, you probably know, especially if you're the one who rented them the first property, you're the one, you know when their lease is up. You can offer to do an expiring lease analysis. Um, you can send them homes that they may want to see. You can send them um, a letter or a form from a mortgage broker to let them know how they can get pre-approved and how they can possibly uh, be paying less a month on a rent on a mortgage as opposed to what they're paying now on a rent. There's a lot of ways you convert convert them, but the idea is when you're converting them, is you're taking the last steps to get them to trust you. You're taking away anything that they see as a potential risk and throwing it out the window and undermine, like getting rid of whatever barriers to entry that you see.
So the last three steps is going to be the trust phase. So I put down that $200 callback guarantee um, because that's something that not a lot of people may be implementing. Again, check with your broker, make sure you can do that. Um, but that's something you can offer and probably will never have to pay out, but will help people take that final step with you as opposed to anyone else. The pizza order form, again, a great way to establish trust um, and make things a little stickier. Um, the handmade cutting board was my strategy, but you can use any new gift um, there. When you go to create them, uh, the repeat customers, if last time they rented, you do the lease end comparison again. Um, you set expectations right then and there that if they rented, that you are going to be the person to sell them the next home. Um, you keep in touch in your database by continuing to provide education. And then the last thing I wanted to put down is the daily calls. Now, I've spoken with a lot of agents, and generally you guys are very, very good. You guys do very well at setting aside those two hours to make calls. And I'm glad to see that. You guys are doing great. What I'm suggesting with the daily calls is break it up even further. So when you're doing those two hours of calls and two hours of prospecting, set 20 minutes of that aside, whether it's the first 20 minutes or the last 20 minutes to call past or present or past customers. And you just print out a list of everybody and you just move down the line and check them off. And then once you finish that list, you start over from the top and move down. 20 minutes a day is all you need. Um, just make those calls however long it takes you for that 20 minutes and then check the boxes. Okay, I left a voicemail, left a voicemail. I actually wound up talking to John for about five minutes. He's doing great. The kids are good. Um, nobody doesn't know anybody right now, but will keep me in mind if he comes across somebody. That's it. Just check them off. And when you finish them, you print out a new list who has, when there's a new buyer down at the end and you start over from the top again and you move down. If you do this the right way, eventually you'll have a list of people of 200 names. You'll make three or four calls a day in those 20 minutes. And when you're doing that, it'll keep you in touch on a once a month basis. You don't have to change anything you're doing right now. All it is is you take that two-hour block, you turn it to an hour, 40 minutes of calling possible prospects, and 20 minutes of calling past customers. That's how you can start re generating repeat business today. Now, when it comes to getting referral customers from that past customer, um, you can start using the core 100. Again, I highly recommend that. You can just flat out ask whenever you can. Um, you can speak to their parents if you're talking with first time home buyers or renters, because in many cases, they're doing this whole process with their parents. And then you could also ask for the referrals on those daily calls. There's lots of different other methods, but I just wanted you guys to see how you can structure this when you go to fill out the PDF that I gave you guys at the beginning um, with those nine blocks and the way that you can use it to go through everything um, from there. So um, what I want to do now is answer whatever questions you guys have. Um, I want to go over whatever marketing questions you guys need me to, um, if there's any specific um, targets or and the slideshow, um, any specific target markets you're going for, um, 
anything along those lines, I want to make sure I answer your questions for you and go from there. Um, I'm going to kind of scroll down to the bottom um, to answer everything. Um, so how's everyone doing tonight? Da, 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 da. Um, all the cities. You guys can hear me good. Otherwise, I've been talking a while for nothing. Um, Ryan, thanks for posting that with the marketing plan. Again, the book, The One-Page Marketing Plan by Alan Dibb. One-Page Marketing Plan, Alan Dibb, A-L-L-A-N-D-I-B. Um, I also highly recommend uh, Building a Story Brand. Um, I can't remember the author right now. Building a Story Brand, um, that's an absolutely great one as well, too. Um, talking my language. I'm glad. Um, so Julian, um, I'm getting paid $3,000 for four leads this month. That's absolutely phenomenal. Um, don't hesitate to pass those things off if it's right for your business. The one thing you cannot scale is time. Um, money is a renewable resource. So whatever you decide you want to do with the leads, pass them off, keep them. Um, just know what the, um, strategy is. Um, this is going to be a great tool. Uh, Nancy, can I get the PDF? Missed the beginning of the webinar. Okay. Um, <coughs> let me put that up so that you can see kind of what that is. File sharing. Um, it's not file sharing. So marketing PDF, share file. Um, that should be up for you. Um, so you should be able to see that right now, Nancy. Um, so Susan, so would you group empty nesters with seniors? I know loads of empty nesters that aren't seniors. True. Absolutely true. Um, again, for the, this, the purposes of this webinar, I, I'm looping them in. Um, the more specific you can be with your target market, you can. Um, but this, whichever you decide you want to do, you can do it that way. Um, I, I don't see a reason why you need to, why you shouldn't. I just... Generally, in my own mind, I linked them together. Um, just know whichever you want to go after, whether it's seniors or empty nesters or vice versa, you, you just go after those. Um, they're not always, the, sometimes they will be, just like not all millennials are going to be first-time homebuyers. Same kind of process. Um, and I've been, obviously, I'm in my house right now. Um, but you can do whichever you want to do. Um, the, the biggest thing is you don't want to try to be everything to everybody. That's really the message I wanted to get across tonight. Um, make sure that you're not being a one-size-fits-all because that fits nobody well. Um, it's better to be a tailored solution um, when you need to. If somebody comes to you and says they have a problem with being an empty nester when they're really a senior or they're really a See it, it, however you want to phrase it, um, but understand generally what the problem you solve better than anybody else is. Um, I also want to throw out, we are about a month pretty much to the day. So tomorrow is going to be one month to the day to the mastermind. Um, this is an absolute phenomenal event. Um, for those of you guys who have attended in the past, uh, you guys can say a ton. Um, Megan McCormick, 
put on a great video on the Facebook group a few days ago. Um, and I, if you're here, Megan, I want to thank you again for putting that up there. But she talked about how she tripled her business since attending the mastermind. So um, I, I really hope you guys look into it if you could afford it. Um, it's going to be in Vegas, uh, February 9th and 10th, the Saturday and Sunday. Um, so what is the name of the book you suggest? It's the one page marketing plan by Alan Dibb. A, um, if you scroll down, um, Ryan put the link for the webinar link in there too. Um, also want to make sure you guys can see, um, Jer Oops, I can't type right now. So I just threw a link in there, um, jaredjamestoday.com slash 2020 offers. Um, there, if you need any more details um, about any of the products we offer, whether it's coaching, training, marketing, um, the CRM, transaction coordination, um, that will go into much more detail for you. Um, our whole job, our whole business model is built around helping you guys outsource the things you need. Oh, Ryan, thanks for posting that, that it was actually clickable because my hand, right, my uh, mind didn't become clickable. So jaredjamestoday.com 2020 offers. Um, you'll get a lot more details on what we offer. Um, I'll put this link up again as well too. Um, So if you go and you click this, the schedule a time, it will, whatever time works best for you, um, you pick whoever's available, as long as that time is free, it'll go right to that person. Um, and from there, you can talk about whatever you want, whether it's coaching, marketing, um, a CRM, or if it's, you just want, you, you don't know where to go. You don't know which side is up and you just want help and you want somebody to help you put out the fire. You can click there and decide. Um, so any other questions you guys have, I'm about to hop off. I'm more than happy to answer whatever you guys need. Um, so uh, Greg, I started the trial for the CRM, but somehow lost the link to it. How do I get that? Um, so Ryan, if you could put down the email address, it's support at jarjamedia.com. Um, that's probably the best way to go. Um, and one of our client success team will be able to send you the welcome email again um, or refresh your password, whichever works best for you. Just put in the email again, success, uh, support at jarjamedia.com, J-A-R-J-A, -A. not Jar Jar like Jar Jar Binks, Jar Ja. So Jared James, J-A-R, Jared, J-A, James. Because um, we've had plenty of people go to the wrong websites and act confused in the past. So jarjamedia.com. <coughs> um, and again, thanks, Rye, for putting those in. Um, so again, one last call for questions. Um, I want to thank you guys again for attending. I hope you guys have found this useful. Um, if there's any more details, any more topics you want me to cover, let me know. Um, I'm constantly on the Jared James coaching group. You can find me there. You could also find me. We just launched a podcast, uh, the Why How Yes podcast, the Why How Yes sales podcast. 
Um, it just went live today on iTunes. Um, I'm really excited about that. Um, but you can find it Spotify, iTunes, CastBox, any place you really look for podcasts. I believe it's there now. Um, again, Why How Yes podcast. You'll see a big orange beer with Y in it. Um, you can't really miss it once you do. Um, hopefully, hopefully you guys like it. You subscribe to it. Um, schedule a time. Love to talk to you. Love to solve your problems on a one-on-one -on -one basis. Um, but anything else, you could reach out to me. Um, I look forward to talking to you guys soon. Um, the replay will be sent out within the next day or so. Um, and we'll go from there. Um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you again. I appreciate you guys taking the time. You're, I appreciate the willingness to listen. Um, and all of those things. So um, I will be reaching out again at some point. Don't be afraid to reach out to me and we'll be chatting soon.